0: Last week on Lore Seekers. It's Rich
1: freaking Lambert. It's Rich effing Lambert. That's actually his bona fide middle name. Rich effing Lambert. Rich effing Lambert.
0: But, uh, so we're kind of bringing this back a little bit more with, like, an education on armor sets in the game maybe you haven't heard of, maybe you're new. We get a lot of that in emails and in our uh, Lore Seeker community, so we thought, let's showcase some armor. Did you see a change in the community? At one oh, time, yeah. yeah.
1: After, after, kind of the sky is falling. Oh my God! You're getting regression. <laughs> <kind of> died <laughs> down. Um, yeah, th- that's really when the ESO community and the ESO family started coming
0: together. Hail, traveler. Be wary in these lands, for the skies overhead
1: darken with the shadows of dragons' wings. The undercrofts overflow with the rise of the dead.
0: There is danger afoot across the whole of elsewhere. Do you venture to brave these wilds? Then come inside, rest your well-travelled feet, order up around share your tales with two of tamriel's finest storytellers here they are now the law seekers jibs and cash oh yeah take a load off oh this is good to be back man this is is good this this is like fair part of the week right here this is it a week a week is too long i agree man honestly i mean I i
1: know you and i get to talk Throughout the week. But a week is too long for us to be able to talk about ESO with the peeps. Agreed. Agreed, 100%. You know what I do miss? The barmaid.
0: What can I get? you, boy? Uh, You know what? I'm liking this whole thing where you order for me. Because I just get to sit back and not have to jack with it, so... Wow.
1: What are you... That's creepy AF, but I will order for you. You I'll tell you what, I'm not going to order for you. I'm going to order a drink, and then you can choose to get the same. Okay. All right. That way we don't get any strange looks. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Okay. Just saying. Full disclosure, I'm just being lazy. Ma'am, I'm going to have a four-eyed
0: grog. Oh, uh, okay, you're done. Um, I will take a. Give me a. Give me a. Give me a pale ale. Give me one of those. Give the lady a four-eyed grog. Give the lady a four-eyed grog.
1: <laughs> That's Coming so right sweet and freaking fantastic What's
0: up, man? How you been, dude?
1: I'm good, man. Had a yeah. great week. Yeah? Yes, yes. I've had, I'm have i actually going into um, this next week with bells on my feet. Because, bells on your feet. Well, shoes. Yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah, and oh, don't take this wrong, my friends out there in interwebs land, but uh, my girls are going to uh, a wedding out of state, which means Ooh. somebody has to take home, somebody has to stay home and take care of the Kajidi Cattery. Ooh. So yeah, so guess who gets to do that and stay home for a week?
0: That's fan freaking tastic! this guy.
1: So I'll be online like a metric crap ton this coming week. And I will be online in Metric time at the end of the month mm. when a certain something releases.
0: Oh yeah, man. Nineteen yeah. as of this recording, we have nineteen days. Yes. Listen on Friday. You've got what, seventeen?
1: Yeah. Whew. Yeah. It's gonna be a good time. I did I did I had a very, very eventful week though. Do you want to hear about it? Sure. Wrote a song about it, wanna hear it? Here it go. Okay. So we did an impromptu run of veteran depths of malatar the other night remember i was telling you how i wanted to run it like yeah. super bad yeah yeah so we went and i have to give a giant shout out to cinda twin from lore seekers guild and her fabulous husband um who was Healsies for us and shoe swapper and uh john esotech from our guild we ran through it at certain times and, and at one point Cinda had to go to bed I felt so bad for her she was just like running on fumes so she had to go to bed her hubby stuck it out and we finished after about probably three hours I think it took us wow. we finished Depths and Malatar and my Khajiit, um, Sint the Lore Seeker Singe the Lore Seeker mm-hmm. now has the glowy skin he looks super mm. awesome
0: so Jealous. on top of that
1: yeah, I was so stoked to do that, and it is, oh my God, so challenging in that dungeon, and we didn't hit hard mode at the very end, thank God, but um, very challenging dungeon, and it renewed my love for this game. Again, like it doesn't do it every day, but... Yeah, you um, know,
0: I, I don't think there's a week where it doesn't, you know?
1: I know, I know, but this week it was in particularly strong feelings for my love for ESO, because it's challenging. It challenges me every. Single day, harder on some days. I didn't think we were going to get through it, and we just stuck it out and got through it. So I was really stoked on that. I want to drag you through there super bad and watch. Oh, you Oh man, I want to finish it. <laughs> I want to finish it so
0: bad. I got a, I got a healer that's ready to go through this. I just uh, I yeah. I just haven't
1: made it through it yet. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Uh, on top of that, I ran dungeons all week long. Mm-hmm. Um, RNG gods suck. I think we mentioned it last week in The Presence of Greatness with yeah. Rich Lambert. And yeah. he just laughed. He just laughed. Yeah. He did like the, uh, is it Smedley? Like the Smedley laugh? Like, <laughs> <laughs> don't you yeah. laugh at me? That one. But yeah. It, um, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, if you're new to gaming and you don't know what RNG is, it basically stands for random number generator, but it kind of took off in gaming because of the return that people get in games of chance. So like card games and uh, crates and stuff like that. So anyway, my RNG was not good to me this week. Uh, probably two Saisa motifs from the boxes, and I had to buy everything else with my tickets. But
0: Yeah, I'm right there I'm with you. I'm not complaining. <laughs> I'm right there with
1: you. I'm not complaining. Uh, it's like, yeah, you know, whatever. So um, hopefully this, le- this next week coming up, which starts tomorrow, will be a good week because you can do any of the things that we've done in previous weeks for um, anniversary, five-year anniversary boxes. Mm-hmm. So don't forget, tonight before you log out, actually, it's too late because tonight will be tomorrow. So anyway, what I'm saying is, I did all my writs today, and then I just didn't turn them in. So I'll be able to turn them in tomorrow morning and get credit for them for the event.
0: Fantastic! So. Yeah, I've got uh, three characters queued up, ready to turn in writs for tomorrow. So um.
1: <gasps> all three? Oh my gosh! So lazy. <laughs> Need more, more characters.
0: Well, thanks for asking me about my day. Uh, yeah! My week was good. It was real good. It had a good time. Times were. What did you do?
1: I know what you did. I'm talking to you every damn day.
0: I know. You know exactly what I did. Uh, so this past week, um, been working a lot on my thief, my Kajit thief. Uh, that's been fun, interesting. Nice. Diving into uh, the uh, ledger main um, skill line pretty heavily, and uh, getting into a Boz landing. Found a good route and a Boz landing for uh, chest runs. Oh. And uh, yeah, you know, just really enjoying it. Um, and again, I'm just I find myself counting down the days, ready. Super ready for uh I about said Somerset elsewhere
1: <laughs> right i am kind of the same way like I feel a little bit like I'm in limbo even yeah. though I just spent a crap ton of money oh, yeah. getting my uh magic and night blade all geared out um he's good to go i'm I'm pretty happy with him I think I was telling you I have periods with my magic and night blade they have a, it's a very dynamic rotation with, with an end game magic and Nightblade, so I find myself at times doing 15k DPS and like, ah, God, what am I doing wrong? At other times I'm doing close to 30. So huh. it's just figuring out, I'm trying to figure it all out kind of on my own
0: because mm-hmm.
1: I have kind of a, a little unique build. But mm-hmm. if you let something fall off, if you let one of your buffs fall off or something, then your DPS really drops. But yeah. um, he's really, really fun. I really dig his play style. Awesome. So. Yeah, I um
0: I uh so this past week I fully intended to get out another uh side quest, but it just never it just never made it out. And sorry folks, because those are coming. Um but I was busy uh I would say we're a good I would say we're probably good seventy percent through one of our projects we're working on behind the scenes. I'll be ready here soon. But uh it's gonna be good. You're going to love yeah. it, and I think you'll forgive me for the side quest thing. because. Of it. <laughs> so, uh, well, if you missed last week's episode... Oh wait, no, hang on, we got to do the introduction. Hey, welcome to Lore Seekers.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, by the way, this uh, we do a little podcast, it's yeah. called Lore Seekers.
0: Yeah, yeah, we do. Welcome everybody to Lore Seekers, uh, this is Volume 4, Episode 2 of the show, and uh, we are your hosts. I am Jibs, and I'm joined by Cash.
1: Hello then. This is a good week. This is a jam packed episode this week. Mm-hmm. So strap on and yeah. let's
0: do it. Yeah, it's a it's a long one. And uh mostly lowerless. Yeah, I you did. I'm just gonna keep moving. Just, just gonna glance over that. So uh, anyway <laughs> Wow. <laughs> you missed last week's episode, uh we uh did the armory, brought that segment back, had Rich Lambert on the show for the entire episode. That was a lot of fun. That was a good time. And uh a lore lesson on Sai Sahan. So, uh, yeah, there's that. This week, the segments just keep coming. we got a new segment we're debuting for you. It's happening right here on the show. And, uh, man, I'm in kind of one of those chill talk moods tonight. Uh, we got Necromancers and more details on Necromancers and Tamriel. And a lore lesson, probably one of the coolest lore lessons we've done uh, in a very long time. And they're all cool, but this one's really cool. Lore lesson yeah. on the first explorer of Tamriel.
1: I'm really excited about this lore lesson.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. The great thing about this episode is Cash is gonna have to do most of the talking because this lore lesson is huge.
1: I know. There's a lot of lore in this, in this show. Mm. So, hmm, mm. hmm,
0: All right. Well, uh, you ready?
1: I'm always ready. I have. I'm literally surrounded by Kajit right now. You're surrounded by Kajit. Yep.
0: Wait, like your naked cats?
1: Yes, they're freaking everywhere. They're driving me nuts. One's on my lap. I got one sitting on top of my Xbox One, and I have one, like, loitering on my desktop right now. You're probably going (laughs) to see his nuts in a minute. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) All
0: right, everybody. Well, let's get started. Okay. So uh, this whole week, this past week, now we're, full disclosure, we're recording on Wednesday. I have, I just have this feeling, like something awesome is going to come out tomorrow. I don't know why, maybe it's because, you know, it's Wednesday, I just got this feeling. But that being said, it was uh, the week of the Necromancer at online.com and so we're going to be covering it a little bit. Uh, so first up, we got uh, Don't Get Caught, Necromancy and the Elder Scrolls Online that's coming to us from online.com and uh, it's a really, really cool article. We're getting a lot of these articles that are very uh, more informational. Um, Not really a whole lot of detail, except just kind of something you go through. So that's kind of what we're going to be doing again today. It says, uh, A lot remains unknown about Tamriel's dark arts, and no shortage of debate and controversy surrounds its practice. ESO's master Layman Tuttle, oh, by the way, we're working on getting him on the show. Quote, In broad strokes, necromancy is about the creative manipulation of the soul, or animus, which is one of the basic building blocks of life in Tamriel necromancers use their power to cast spells bind souls into service and use lesser daedric spirits to reanimate corpses the mages guild identifies necromancy as its own distinct school of magic but some necromancers say it's just an offshoot of mysticism conjuration and enchantment no more dangerous than fireballs and scrying spells man that first little bit there brings me callbacks to the uh necromancer lore lesson we did
1: it does, and it's funny to see how um, necromancers like downplay a lot of the stuff. Like, just cool your jets. Yeah, it's not that bad. Yeah, no, I mean, this is what we do. It's just a little bit of mysticism and conjuration, and enchantment, and you put them all together, and you raise the dead. That's all it is. That's all it is. Have you ever? Yeah.
0: Have you? Uh, have you ever read the process in the uh, the tells Tar- the Tamriel the lore book of becoming a lich? What that process ent- entails.
1: I think I read that as part of my research for the lore lesson, but refresh my memory and now you have sparked my interest in reading it again. You
0: you should seriously go read that. I went and read that the other day before I did the side quest on necromancers and holy crap. That is graphic.
1: I mean graphic. (laughs) I like it. Yeah. Maybe I haven't read the whole thing. Now I really want to read it. Yeah. You need to get in on that. It was. Uh, but it, it was good. It, it makes me happy because there's so there's a lot of lore. Yeah. In relation to the necromancer, so there's there's so much behind it, and they are really the folks at Zos are really absorbing and uh, enjoying all of it, showing showcasing all of it to us, basically. Oh and yeah. Like today on Twitter was was an example of that. Was, yeah. A very cool day on Twitter.
0: It was a very cool day. We got a lot yeah. of cool stuff. We had a. Uh, we're going to talk a little. We'll mention them a little bit later. But uh, they debuted Foom, one of the main necromancers you'll deal with in uh, elsewhere, and uh, he took over Twitter for better part of most of the day. Really, yeah. And uh, was threatening people's lives. It was quite funny.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was hilarious, and I kept my phone was like literally blowing up. And I'm going. Who in the heck is blowing up my phone? Who's this Zoom Zoomog dude, blowing up my phone? And then I looked and I was like, Oh, it's a Tiso online. So I started to read them all, and mm-hmm. I was pretty impressed. I was like, That's pretty well played Tiso
0: Yep, yep, that was fun. That was fun. It made me want to bring maybe the uh, maybe the Barb or the Angry Nord bringing him back for a day on the twi- on the Twitter Twitter sphere. That'd be a lot of caps if it was the Angry Nord. <laughs>
1: We should. We, we should. we should in, induct an angry orc. An angry orc? Yep. Yeah, I'm down with that. Maybe A we'll grog-drinking angry orc. Maybe we'll look
0: into that. There may be something to that. So anyway, this continues. Necromancy has existed in Tamriel for a long time uh, before the events of ESO. But despite its, its long history, the practice of necromancy is, broadly speaking, forbidden. So uh, Loremaster Layman continued, quote, The practice is frowned upon in most cultures, but some people such as the red guards and dark elves see it as the ultimate blasphemy. To them, messing with their ancestors is a huge no-no, and organizations like the mages guild reject it on ethical grounds since it involves messing with mortal souls End quote.
1: I love it. I love it when my lore lessons are correct cuz this is coming straight from lore master Layman, so makes me happy.
0: It's so funny he brings up dark elves because I love dark elves and that's what my dark elf is going my necromancer is going to be a dark elf, so
1: Yeah, there's a lot of people that are going to roll Red Guard or Dark Elf Necros. And it makes me laugh. Really? It's like, oh my, yes. Just to spike tradition. Like, don't tell me what to do.
0: That's awesome. So I'm going to be like, I'm going to be going against the grain unintentionally. Yep. I love it. I love it too. So uh, it talks about being practiced and secret. So we kind of talked about this. Oh, shoot. Every week. (laughs) Uh, Necromancer abilities. You know, you do certain abilities. There are going to be crimes. Well, Ed Stark, the team's lead content designer. Did you just put Ned
1: Stark? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's Ed Stark. It's so close to Ned Stark, you almost have to say Ned Stark. Okay. So, So.
0: Ed, or Ned, depending on who you are, if you're a fan of the Thrones. It's Ned. (laughs) The team's lead content designer in charge of the necromancer class. And the justice system says, quote, We felt it was important to intertwine necromancy and justice for much of the same reason we put justice in the game in the first place. Historically, necromancy has always been frowned upon by Tamrielic society, and so when some NPCs see an overly necromantic act, they react with the fear or aggression and report it for the crime it is.
1: Hmm. So I don't get why a necromantic act is so bad. I mean... Most of that word is romantic. Right? (laughs) Yeah. The ladies should love it. Yeah. 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 Apparently they
0: don't. Apparently they don't. I mean, I I, I don't... I mean, when I think of taking a woman on a date in Tamriel, first thing I'm going to do is going to take her to the cemetery and raise her her dead siblings. That's how I want to start it off. Well, never mind. All right, so uh, what does this mean for you if you want to play Necromancer? Well, in short... Pick and choose your abilities use in front of NPCs. Because, uh, as you know from previous weeks of talking here on Lore Seekers, there could be repercussions. Stark continued, quote, A player who chooses to assume the role of a necromancer in ESO needs to understand that they're playing something of an outlaw class. It's similar to a player who decided to engage in a wholesale crime. They're taking on a bit of an increased risk in exchange for increased excitement. I think that's part of... "Quote," you know, I think that's part of the whole joy of the Thieves Guild or thieving in Tamriel. It's the risk.
1: Oh yeah, for sure, and that, I mean, and a lot of the stuff that dro- that can drop is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So I uh, I think that this is going to be a very very interesting route for people to take and there's going to be necros all over the freaking place so all you're going to see is guards go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth for quite a while as people uh, go in and out of towns while they're leveling their necros so I think it's going to be kind of cool to see it's going to be people who really don't care Yeah. but like me I always I'm always messing with my buttons and stuff when I'm running through town so half the time I'm running from guards Yeah. it's going to get even worse as a necro,
0: well, see for me. I've, I'm my thought process is so for the past five years, you know they've had to run after a few people here and there. Someone commits a crime, someone gets murdered with a blade of woe. But now, now they're gonna get the cardio away because they're <laughs> they're gonna be running all over the place.
1: That's right. and that rule number two, cardio? Yeah,
0: eighty percent in go. the kitchen.
1: Of the twenty, That's what you
0: right. do? All right. So uh, start continued. Oh wait, no, I read that. I apologize. Kyle Nowak, the combat designer behind the Necromancer class, says, quote, We put some safeguards in place. For example, if you cast something and ten people witness you, you won't wouldn't this suck? You get you won't get ten times the bounty.
1: <laughs> that would suck.
0: Oh, yeah, it would.
1: Well we I guess put, it's the same thing, like if you um if you were to steal something in front of you know a crowd. Yeah. Yeah. So. Right.
0: We also had to perform an audit on a lot of older content because there are NPCs within places like Delves or Quests who can witness justice actions, and you don't want to earn a bounty for doing a quest. Man, I'm glad they did that.
1: Yeah, because really, I mean, if you're in a Delve or if you're in a dungeon, there's no city guard there. Right. So what's he going to do? Like, witness you do it, draw a description of you, and run it all the way to the city guard? No, it doesn't make sense.
0: Uh, Yeah, I, I, I guess not. Uh, all right. So, and that's it, man. Just kind of a more of a detailed article when it comes to the justice system and Tamriel. And, uh, you know what, you notice how we're getting these articles that are, they're different than before, probably the last month, you know, like before we were getting a lot of more like information, like bullet point stuff. And now it's almost like a narrative. So we're progressively going through these and, uh,
1: yeah, because I think what's happening right now is as the hype builds for elsewhere, there's a lot of um, a lot of talk. There's a lot of questions being asked, and there's a lot of interviews going on. Yeah. So they're probably pulling some of this stuff from that. Oh yeah. And actually asking these people during their workday, like, hey, you know, how would you answer this, or how would you answer that? Right. And then they release it in an article, and I think it's a great idea because it gives us kind of an inside look to number one, how the class is shaping up. Number two, how the class was designed, and number three. How it's going to feel for us to play the class, right? So, yeah, yeah,
0: I agree. I'm excited. Like, I, I just, I mean, if you've listened to Lord Secret stream Out of time, you know this is the class. This is the class that we've right. been longing to play, and this will be probably one of the best witches festivals ever in the history of,
1: of oh. this game. Because oh, yeah. it's going to be sinister
0: for the first time. We have every reason to be the most evil character possible, and it, and you, you get that it vibe.
1: A, what it could be a nice necromancer?
0: Man, I don't got time for that. I mean, I want right. to, I want to kill them all and raise them again, make up my army.
1: Hey, you know what I'm excited about? What are you excited about? The new Crown Store showcase. Okay,
0: he wants to move on. All right, so we got the Crown Store showcase for May 2019. <laughs>
1: Oh uh, no, we got a That's lot of a stuff nice here. way to say shut up
0: <laughs> We got a lot of stuff here <laughs> on the Crown Store Showcase for May. Uh we're gonna go through this. We're not, you know, gonna list all the dates and everything like we used to do. We wanna kinda move through this for you. We do have a long episode and it's gonna be a long lore lesson, so we wanna make sure and respect your time on that. So we do get some exclusive free items this uh this time. This time around. Or ESO yeah. Plus deals. Uh, that would be... They're continuing the Daedric... Uh, what was it? The, the, the uh, statuette. Yep. The uh, Daedric statuettes. And this one is Malakath, the orc father. It's a cool one. It is a cool one. I like the... You know, I'm, I'm a fan of the collection, you know? I oh, like yeah. it. Um, so that will be available. Next we got, a, for adornments, uh, we've got new hairstyle. We've got ragged royal page you're into flowing locks of hair So will be right up your alley cash is into is it, locks of hair
1: oh i totally am um there's a lot of dresses yeah i mean into costumes there's three dresses yeah we got that actually pretty cool yeah. the tavern made one's pretty neat
0: yeah no see here's my question there where's ya. where's the maybe it's just the theme because they are all dresses you know as, as far as costumes are concerned right um Oh, except the Explorer. We got the Ancient Sites Explorer. That one looks cool.
1: Yeah, that one looks really cool. I'm not a fan of the hat, but you You'll can always hide him. Helm. Yeah, You can always hide Helm, and that costume looks like it'd be really cool dyed. So it's basically a um, real quick description on the uh, Ancient Sites Explorer costume. Some scholars study the ancient history of Tamriel from libraries and archives, but the more active investigators do their studies in the field, exploring ancient ruins that are often dirty Deadly and dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can I like see you buying that. You're going to buy that, aren't you? I'm 100% going to buy that because my Magic of Nightblade, singe the Lore seeker, happens to be the main character in our storyline. And, spoiler, he may or may not be an investigator for the Mage's Guild. So this will go perfect for, with him.
0: Okay. Yeah. There you go.
1: I know which one you're going to get. You're going to get Magnificus Sundas wear. Hey,
0: man, you <laughs> leave whatever terrible. dress I pick out of this.
1: That is terrible! Oh, God.
0: Does that even match? No. Okay, so she's wearing a blue skirt, uh, a red-white top with, that's trimmed in gold uh, with an almost
1: orange-hued hat. It's supposed to be yeah, red. I, but did you just say that red, white, and blue don't match? That is a little communist of you to say. You.
0: That. <laughs> I'm got just, him. I'm just saying.
1: We got whole, him. Go ahead and move in, guys. Th- it's him. He's the one. Oh, he's All wearing right. the he's wearing a matching sweatsuit. That's the guy. That's the guy. <laughs> you leave my sweatsuits out of this, man. <laughs> Never got mess him. with a man's sweatsuit. Oh yeah, that this one's terrible. Dude. Uh, yeah, it's I'm awful. sorry. I'm not a fan of that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh next we got the
0: Sentinel vest in Salvar. This is like another good uh uh dress or outfit. It's not a dress, outfit for a, f- a female character.
1: Yeah. If you're a lady, if you play a, one of the beautiful ladies in this game, you're going to be stoked. Oh yeah, this is This is, is a, this is a really good Crown Store showcase for a yeah. uh, female character.
0: Oh my gosh, yeah. This is your this is like a buffet of of styles for you to choose from. This is fantastic. I really just don't see myself wearing the uh, the sundress wear dress. That's all I'm saying. Well, not in public. I mean, well, that's true. Yep. What happens in the house? Is- <laughs> Next we got the dragon priest costume. That's back. For those of you who don't remember what this is, it says, quote, once it is said, a cult of dragon worshippers ruled all of northern Tamriel. Their leaders were dragon priests, cruel clerics. Was that a...
1: Maybe I I shouldn't have pulled the cork off my whiskey bottle right next to my mic. Right
0: next to your mic. Uh, (laughs) Cruel clerics of great power who hid their faces Mm -hmm. under magical masks. Now you can wear the semblance of these legendary magi. That was a heavy pour. That was a heavy pour. It was a very heavy pour. For crafting, we've got a brand new motif. And I love the fact, because this is really like the first thing we're seeing for elsewhere. Uh, It's called the aniquina? Aniquina. Anakina. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. Anakina. Martial traditions in north in the north date back to the time of Darlak Bray, and th- and though nowadays they no longer employ his savage methods, the golden beast had a truly Kajiti sense of style in arms and armor. Though used to learn the An- Anakina crafting style, that's pretty cool looking. Very yeah, that actually is, ancient
1: Very cool. Very ancient Khajiit. There's a lot of cat all over it, and I don't mean fur. Um it's just a very ornate looking set. You can definitely tell that they took some style mm-hmm. uh maybe some uh some inspiration from even their their homes because their homes yeah. have a little bit of like uh eastern orient or uh thai mm-hmm. to them even a, maybe a little bit of indian reference mm-hmm. um if you're if you're thinking from you know mod, the modern world's perspective, yeah. But if you look at like if you look at the shoulder pieces and the swirlies and the colors, it's very Khajiit, which is designed after the Eastern culture in our modern world. So, sorry about that geography lesson and the whole bit, and it was so long, it was very painful. The only part that makes me laugh is the fact that they have all this armor on, and they're wearing. Thongs. What? Yeah, I actually I'm not a thong wearer. I call them failure flops because if the crap hits the fan and you have to run in your flip flops, you're gonna fail. So I call them failure flops. But anyway, I, it makes me laugh okay. that they have all this stuff on and they're wearing failure flops.
0: So. Oh, you meant their shoes. Okay. Yeah. I'm with. What you. were you thinking? I'm oh with you God. now. I'm the
1: Midwest is such a dismal place, isn't I'm it? With- just- <laughs> you guys don't have these things there?
0: Man, we're coming off Jeez. cold weather, and I'm like, not even thinking sandals. I'm like...
1: <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> oh, my word. Whew.
0: All right, so Outfit Styles continues with the Elder Scrolls artifactic Sin Weaver. Now, this is really cool and has such a callback to Oblivion, Elder Scrolls 3 Oblivion, It's ridiculous. So this includes a two-handed outfit style replicating the Sin Weaver Elder Scrolls artifact. An ancient elven sword, possibly alien in origin, though it's endowed with powers often associated with Daedric weapons. Okay, so... Oh, by the way, this cannot be dyed. This legitimately looks like the elven sword on the back of the box art for Oblivion. Yep. Yep, it's yep, yep,
1: amazing. Yep. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, the whole thing is just different hues of yellow and gold, I guess, you could say, with yeah. uh, with some, a little bit of darker accents, but it's very, it looks like a holy piece. Yeah, yeah. Not with holes in it, I mean, like, divine. Yeah,
0: yeah. If you want to get a real it's good awesome. glimpse of it, just, uh, or an idea of what it looks like, Google uh, oh Scrolls Oblivion box art, and you'll, <laughs> you'll it's it's uh, kind of an updated version of it I love that man I loved that sword I loved that sword I'm so happy to see something that looks you know similar in aspect here right next on the docket is probably this is my all time favorite baddie in ESO I love the model of these guys if you go in my house if you walk inside actually go inside the house instead of see the nasty necromancer bits outside you're gonna
1: what's that look? I was just gonna say don't go into his house, it's a trap. No It's a hundred percent a trap.
0: Come on inside, I got Come some on inside. I got Jesus Christ. Got some <laughs> well anyway, it's the Night Flame Arms Pack. I'm a huge fan of the Night Flames in uh Elder Scrolls Online. I love the way they look. And this looks awesome. Like I, I just you know it Google Night Flame because I don't it's a huge just daedric baddie. And he looks awesome. Huge horns just ultimate evil kind of thing. The Nightflame Arms Pack will be available on all platforms for a limited time from May 29th to June 26th. During the same time period, the Nightflame Mask-style page will have a chance to drop from the final boss in the Vet Elden Hollow 2 dungeon. And the Nightflame Shoulder-style page will have a chance to drop from Maj... I always butcher that. Maj L. Regath's Undaunted Chest.
1: I'm not going to lie to you. I am literally setting that picture... As my background right now.
0: Is that not cool?
1: It is such a great screenshot.
0: They are so they are so cool. looking. you see them um, in uh, White Gold Tower as you're going up to fight wow. uh, the final boss. I love, yeah. I love, love, love. And also you know, City of uh, Ash too, I believe. But uh, anyway, so yeah, check that out. This stuff looks good, man. This looks so good. Uh, you're Fern- gonna
1: like the next one.
0: Oh yeah, for furniture we got Forge Lords Great. Works furnishing bundle. Cash, you want to read the, uh, the quote there for
1: him? Yep. Oh, do I have to do it in character? Please don't. Okay, perfect. In the deep halls, oh, far geez. from men, forsaken red mountain, <laughs> twisted kin. Hail the mind, hail the stone. Dwarven pride, stronger than bone. That's a quote from Dwemer Increase One through Three, written by Thelwe Galine. You know, ever since I started really reading the. Uh,
0: the Tales of Tamriel lore books, because everything that's taken out of those you find in game. You know, you find in the lore yeah. books. And all that. I don't know what it is. I just have such more of a connection. Even like quotes like this. Like I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to go read that now. I want to go take the time to go read these lore books. I have I haven't really had that desire in in quite some time. So
1: you um, want me to read it again?
0: No, you did good. You, you, you oh okay. You 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 did good. All right. There's a new house. There is a new house. You want to talk about this new house? Yes, I do. You're excited for this new house, aren't you?
1: Yeah, but I just bought one, so I don't think I'm going to buy another one. But anyway, this is the Frost Vault Chasm. It looks pretty insane. This side entrance to Frost Vault leads down to a deep and spacious side grotto that was cut off from the main caverns long ago, though power still flows into it through conduits from the central source. Careful, those platforms have no handrails. CrossFault Chasm will be available in the Crown Store on all platforms for a limited time from May 16th to May 30th at 10 a.m. EDT. And as usual, furnished and unfurnished versions are available.
0: Not to get too off topic, but uh, I forgot to mention they did cover, there was an ESO Live last week. And uh, one of the things I talked about was one of the new homes that you get uh, in elsewhere. And I don't know if you had a chance to see it. But it's a free home. It's bigger than an apartment, and it unlocks more things over time. Eventually, taking you to the point of the halls of Colossus. And
1: wait, WTF did you just say?
0: Yeah, yeah. How did I miss this? It's pretty cool. Um, and, I'm, and I'm not trying to just you know to to just dis, disingenuize the Frostfall Chasm. I've seen clips of that, and it looks awesome. But um the whole this whole house with Elsewhere you unlock it first by completing the main quest line I believe for Elsewhere and it's a relatively large room. You know the Khajiits that have those uh the big shining like dome or globes look uh look like um like a dwimmer artifact They're round. They've got uh blue glow that comes through and, like if you're trying to open one of the doors from the prologue. You did that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So that
1: like, yeah, I'm like, spit it out! I want yeah, to know!
0: I'm trying to get it out. Well, anyway, okay. that's, that's in the middle, and then you've got three different tablets. And once you do certain things in the world and elsewhere, you will have all tablets, which will unlock a portal that takes you to uh, Halls of Colossus.
1: Oh, that is damn
0: sexy. It's like a memory of this guy or something. I
1: don't, I don't know. So this was on ESO Live then, because that would make sense. I was working, and I was not able to watch it. Yep.
0: <sighs> Me too. Work Workshmark.
1: How about that work? Gets life. In the way of oh, fun I know, things. right? Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Uh, speaking of fun things, we've got some new mounts here. Uh, we got Aurora and Twilight Warhorse. If you're into the Aurorans, well, there you go. This one actually looks really, really cool. Uh, particularly the armor plating. It's a little bit different than the last uh, horse we got. This one's black, gold uh, armor with uh, some uh, black trimmings. And then we've got the Cinch Lioness uh eerie elk of dread huh yep
1: i have, i have her yeah
0: so She's it's purty. basically a ghost like elk says that
1: i do not have yeah
0: it says quote is this ghostly elk an ant, an antlered mount from the spirit world or is it sending from a sending from lord Hersine's oblivion plane of the hunting grounds it seems solid enough and doesn't disappear in broad daylight so it must be more than just a haunt
1: I will purchase that. Yeah,
0: that's coming uh, May 30th. Man, uh, then for pets, we got Blue Shock, Nixad, uh, Rihad, R- R- Coffee, Scorpion, uh, and the ghostly house cat. What?
1: Well, pump the brakes. Don't you try and speed past the ghostly house cat.
0: I would purposely start I will
1: there. definitely, definitely have a ghostly not house cat. Isn't
0: that the cutest little thing?
1: It's a yes. little see through kitty. Yes for sure. The next one is actually pretty awesome, too. I don't think I know a single ESO player, at least in the Lore Seekers Guild, that will not buy this one. <laughs> <laughs> the drunk personality, friends. Oh, yeah. This is gonna make you wobble and weave like her, and it sucks. Like it drunk as a skunk. It even works on high elves. Really it's <laughs> literally what they wrote. I just read it. That's it. Really good. Pretty impressed. You know what, yes. you know
0: what I like the more though? I like the treasure hunter personality. Yeah. yeah. Check that You're crap right. out. This quote: right. "As a treasure hunter, forever poking around in shadowy nooks and crannies for loose gems, lost journals, and hidden levers. What could be more important to you than your trusty ever-burning torch? Never again be lost in the dark without it."
1: Chat wants me to talk like that all the time now.
0: You want to? You want to? Re- How about this? How about this? Why don't you uh why not you read this uh this whole upgrade thing here?
1: You do you keep scroll down? Scroll down, go down, down the okay. upgrades. So there's an upgrade <laughs> coming up that's available called Sky Shard A Launch. Starting with the launch of update twenty two uh May twenty for PC Mac and Ju4 for Xbox One and <laughs> PlayStation 4. You'll be able to purchase Individual zone (laughs) Skystar Unlocks for your alternate characters. Note that you can only purchase Skystar Unlocks for a specific zone (laughs) if you have already found all the Skystars in that zone with one of your characters. And as a result, earned the relevant achievement.
0: Cheers! And that's where we got a one-star review. (laughs) And the review would say... They talk drunk, and the the other dummy
1: can't talk anything. I don't think skull. I've ever been that drunk. I think I think by the time my voice <laughs> would sound like that, I'd just be sucking my thumb on a couch somewhere. Yeah, I don't even think I'd
0: ever make it to that.
1: Yeah, I mean anyway. Yeah, there so we go. wish but, granted.
0: <laughs> also, we got the any race any alliance bundle coming out as well. It unlocks the ability to create characters of any alliance, regardless of race. Represent your alliance with a mount, pet, costume, and hat. there's that too. Home furnishing sale. If you are a housing junkie, well, now's your time. May 7th, oh, that's a Tuesday. All courtyard furnishings will be on sale for 25% off until the 21st. To find these furnishings, enter one of your homes, open the housing editor, and browse to the Purchase tab.
1: And there you go. Yeah, they also removed a bunch of stuff. We're not going to go through it. The only notable thing on what they're removing from the Crown Store is that that stupid spike helmet is stupid. Not gone yet. It just blows my freaking mind.
0: You skip by something. You have to You have to see this. You need this for your necromancer. What,
1: what am I skipping by?
0: Starting on Tuesday, May 21st, Undercroft furnishings will be on sale as well for 25% off.
1: You shut your mouth. Until June 4th.
0: Get all your corpses, folks.
1: Wait, when did it say that that's starting?
0: Uh, May 21st.
1: May that 21st. Oh, I'll definitely be in front of a computer on May 21st. <laughs>
0: I may take a day off work for that one. Um, so, anyway, continue. Removal of existing crown
1: store items. Do uh, you want me to go through them?
0: Sure. They need to know.
1: Alliance Rider outfit, Alliance Rider hood, Alliance Warhorse, Alliance War Dog. Apparently, the war is over, friends. Uh, upgrade <laughs> to the account. The adventure pack is going away. And what is not going away is a stupid spike hat that's stupid and still there. That nobody. Nobody buys. I've never seen anybody on it. There so. you go.
0: Yep. All that good thing. So anyway, you can look forward to that. This is this is exciting Crown Store Showcase, mainly because it's elsewhere. It's yeah. Elsewhere's Crown Store Showcase. It's really what it should be called. So anyway, you guys can look forward to that all month long. All kinds of goodies. But uh, before we move on to our brand new segment, which you don't know what it is. You don't know.
1: Yeah, I- don't tell them. Make them Wait. You don't know. There are chats on tonight.
0: Chat is on Look at them; they're all kinds of spicy. By the way, we're, twi- <laughs> we're streaming live at uh, Twitch TV slash Sword Secrets Podcast. So if you're if you want to come for the live show, be sure and follow us on Twitter at Lord Secrets Cast. We'll let you know when we're uh, when we're going to do one, and you can come enjoy the show. Uh, but before we move on, I'm just going to say this: I'm not going to read the whole thing, but we did have an article called "Meet the Character Zumog Foom." Now, this one really caught our attention mainly because this orc is a necromancer I'm just going to read the caption and then I'm not going to spoil anything I'm going to let you go and read it enjoy it for yourself it says quote of all the usurper queen's lieutenants none are as sinister are as sinister excuse me as the orc necromancer known as Zoomog Foom uncover the secrets behind this lord of the dark arts and our latest meet the character Whew. good lord
1: yeah you know what that uh, solidifies for me? Yeah. My necromancer tank will be an orc. Me too.
0: Let's do it together.
1: Yay! Ringamara, we just become best friends. Yep. <laughs> Wanna we'll do karate in the garage? <laughs> yep.
0: <sighs> all right, friends. Well, we want to know what you think. Like us, you like us. Well, we hope you like us. If you like the, if we like the news, I'm all over the place today. I'm sorry. I've been on the struggle bus. I have not been sleeping well. Full disclosure. Uh, we want to know what you think. Call us, 765-382-6961. You can call us, or you can email us, LordSecretsPodcast at gmail.com. I swear I haven't been drinking.
1: It's be, you, You're you not getting any sleep because I text you late at night.
0: You need to stop sending me those kajit feet pictures.
1: I go, hey, are you sleeping? <laughs> you hey. hey, what are you doing? What are you, <laughs>
0: 2 a.m. I'm <laughs> sleeping, you SOB! My favorite's when we get pinged at 2 a.m. I'm like, I'm oh, yeah. s- I'm sleeping. What do you want from me at 2 a.m.?
1: <laughs> I totally do. And you know what's funny? If it wakes me up, I check it. <laughs> Sometimes I may answer it.
0: <laughs> you're a better man than I. I'm
1: you're, a night owl.
0: You're a better man than I. All right, folks. So it's time for a brand new segment. And I'm going to let Cash take the lead on this one.
1: Yeah. So we have been brainstorming about some, about different ways to bring you some content. Um in relation to what you're doing in the game, and still tie it into what we're doing. So, you may remember our Dungeons for Dummies mm-hmm. uh, segment. That was it was kind of short lived. Um, Jibs and I like to dabble in stuff. If we test it out and we hate it, we scrap it like immediately. So we may come and say, "Oh, we have a brand new blah blah," and then we don't like it, and then it's gone. Yeah. Um, the Armory segment we did like though, because we're covering armor sets in the game and we think that 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 it helps people especially when we cover ones that like we really like or are really popular for the meta then hey we may talk a little bit more we may talk them up a little bit especially if we've tried them but what we wanted to add to that to both the dungeons for dummies theory and the armory was lore and the reason being is because Lately, everybody's been doing tons and tons of dungeons, and when you get into these dungeons, for the most part, if you're using Dungeon Finder, it is damn near impossible to be able to take the quest, read through the quest text, enjoy the story, and get through the dungeon. Because all everybody wants to do, especially if you're you're in a pickup group, all anybody wants to do is blast through the story or blast through the dungeon. That's it. They just want to get done. They want to get their increased XP, and then they're done. They want to move on with the game. Mm -hmm. So what we're going to do is we're bringing you a brand new series that we're going to try, see if it works. Welcome to the jungle. But it's called the Dungeon Lore Series. And this Dungeon Lore Series is going to talk about each dungeon, Mm -hmm. the things that you're going to see in the dungeon, where it's located, what the actual quest is about in the dungeon, and then we're going to cover the monsters you're going to encounter and the armor sets that are available inside said dungeon. Yep. So we figured that why not start it off simple simple pie we're going to start at the top of the list and start working down and like I said we may only get to five and go this segment sucks and be done with it. So we're really looking uh, to you for feedback. Yeah. So if you like it then you know hit us up on Twitter mm-hmm. send us a voicemail send us an email let us know that you like it because the more likes we get on this stuff, that's what fuels us to continue with certain content.
0: Yeah. I mean, I would rather... We're we're pretty much of the mindset when it comes to Lore Seekers that we'd rather put a bunch of irons in the fire and see which one really sticks. And if like, something doesn't work, it doesn't work. We'd rather try it. No, exactly. it doesn't work. than never not try it at all. And as far as the armor sets are concerned, don't worry. Not, as far as the armory is concerned, what we will do is just keep all the dungeon sets out of the armory. And we'll talk about them here... On the Dungeon Lore series, and really, this uh, this uh, to kind of go further on what Cash is talking about. This segment is all about pretty much incorporating things from Dungeons for Dummies, the parts that we did like, you know, that did seem to work, seemed to fit well, into this with a focus on the lore because it's o- it's an obvious problem, especially for new players. I really I feel really bad for them. They're going for, to a brand new dungeon. There's a quest there that you want to grab, but then you can't enjoy the experience. Well, we're kind of here to do that for you. So hopefully this helps. Right.
1: Right, and um, speaking of new players, we are we're really interested in doing a lot more things for new players coming up. So this is kind of just part of it. I think the only thing right now that's keeping us from doing, you know, more stuff is all these events. Oh my I mean, god! Uh, Jibs and I were talking Dude. about a little bit earlier today. Um, there's just <sighs> one event after another after another after another, and in a way, it's kind of brilliant for Zos to be doing this because it is keeping people engaged in this game, like there is no other. Um, but there is a little bit of fatigue. I need a going breather on out there. I need <laughs> I a we breather. We all need a breather.
0: Like I love this stuff too, but I need right. just give me like two weeks. Let me breathe for a minute. Let me not have any events. They're awesome, Zos. I love yeah. the events, yeah. but it's just I need a breath.
1: You know what's funny though is and this is how fickle gamers are. I know. You can have a game out there that doesn't have an event schedule at all. And the players are like, We want more things to do, and not enough stuff to, to do. And now we have all these things to do, it's like complete freaking overload. There's so uh, here's something this week, and here's something next week, here's something next week. And we're complaining about it. I know. And <laughs> this is just, I, I, like, I, I it makes me laugh I know, as a gamer to know that, but I'm
0: sorry. I I just I need a here's the
1: reason why here's I get what you're saying Jibs. here's the reason why we're having this fatigue I want a quest yes there's so many quests that I haven't done there's so much story in this game that I haven't gotten to I don't want to put it off anymore you know what I mean to, to go run dungeons and try and get a try and get a, a gear set I love getting the gear sets and I'm a completionist in that regard I want that stuff so I will do that before I quest but the other night, I forced myself to go. I wanted to go get the Telvani um, personality. Right. I haven't. didn't get it on my account yet. Yeah. So I went the other night, and I um, got off Discord. And I just zoned out, and I turned the music all the way up. And I turned the voices all the way up. And I quested for like three hours and got through the, the quest line in Morrowind where you get the Telvani personality. That's and awesome. I had a blast. I was like I missed this. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, it's to, Go ahead, bud.
0: No, I was just uh, to reiterate like I think also if the RNG would be a little bit better on this 5 week event, the fatigue wouldn't be as bad. I yeah, honestly the right. the first week with the profit, um you know, really there was a, an abundance and then it just it it was just cut in half, you know, really as far as the RNG is concerned, and that's really not helping. And my, I was thinking this um, on the way home from the other day, uh, from work the other day, and I was just driving, and I was just thinking, I'm like, you know, I'm concerned. There's a real part of me that's concerned about fatigue with these events for the player base. Because, like, ESO is walking this line right now where they genuinely, through... Outside of the, their controllables, you know, the, the making sure that they're doing the right events, when to do them, etc. Um, you know, they're doing making sure they're doing all these right things with the crown store, whatever. You know, good content, all that, all the good stuff. Outside of all the controllables, all the incontrollables are really in their favor in the MMO space right now. You've got people leaving other MMOs. Popular MMOs. we, we talked about this numerous times on the show you know you've got they've got so much wind at their back they're getting ready to launch an expansion bringing dragons back the necromancer big big deal big stuff right and so they've got so much going for them and i just get concerned with burnout for people with the events and i think a breath is in order i'm i don't want to see another event till after elsewhere
1: well, I I don't think you're going to. I think once elsewhere elsewhere launches, that's going to be it for a while because yeah. nobody else is going to want to do. You know, nobody else going to want to go run. You know, a bunch of dungeons or do a bunch of rits for boxes when there's an entire new continent to explore, a yeah. new zone to explore. Yeah, um, yeah. that's where I'm going to be. I mean, that is going to take a majority of of my time. I think lore seekers will be very very busy. Because there'll be a ton of people online, but I doubt there'll be a lot of people in voice chat on Discord because everybody's going to be so just focused in on that story. Right, right.
0: Okay, I don't want to take too much off this new segment. So,
1: Yeah, no, perfect segue because what we're saying is what we want to do is to get back to being able to see the story and enjoy this insane amount of story that there is in this game. So we want to bring you back a little bit, the stuff that you always blast by because your group doesn't want to take the time. Um, so that's where we're at with this dungeon lore series. And tonight we're going to start with fungal grotto one. I'm going to start with the loading screen text that you see. Oh yeah. This is usually the time that you're going to get your alcoholic beverage and then running back (laughs) to your chair and you miss it and you miss it. So this is what it says. Fungal Grotto 1, these extensive caverns in the volcanic rock beneath Stonefalls were once used for unknown purposes by the ancient Chimer, but were abandoned by the elves long ago. Now, they are the haunt of goblins and other denizens of the underworld. moo mm. It literally <laughs> says that, moo hoo ha 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 Oh, that's
0: what the caps are in the space, dash space,
1: dash space. Right. So Fungal Grotto is found in Stonefalls. There are a couple of quests that take place here. Uh, one of the quests you probably already know of, it's called One of the Undaunted. This is one of the, one of the uh, dungeons that you have to step foot in. I think the other one is Banished Cells. Banished Cells 1. Mm. Um, that you have to step foot in when you are trying to become a one of the undaunted. And those quests are available in your capital city. Um, but that's not necessarily specific to the content that's inside Fungal Grotto. It's just like, yeah, step inside and you'll complete the quest. Kings of the Grotto is the quest for Fungal One. And basically what you have to do, clear out an old grotto for a group of Mephala worshippers. So the story goes as such. Vyla Theron, a Dunmer and head of an expedition into Fungal Grotto, requests your help. She's right at the beginning of the dungeon. Her expedition wants to reach a shrine within the caves, but a hostile tribe of goblins has occupied most of the area, pushing out a colony of dreg. As the goblins and the dreg battle each other, they have blocked access to the shrine. Theron and her party wish to reach this shrine. So she's tasked you with helping her clear the path. So... Through the twists and turns of the dungeon, which Jibs and I actually ran this morning specifically for this reason. Not like we haven't been through Fungal like a billion times, mm. but we kind of went slow yeah. and just enjoyed it. Yeah. And it's pretty fun, actually. It's a pretty neat one. It's not hard to do. This is one of the original um, dungeons, and it's not hard.
0: No, it's pretty Probably easy. soloable. Yeah, you'll be soloing this sucker. Very which... <laughs> Yeah.
1: <laughs> Anyway, the, the uh, baddies you're going to run into in there are Murkwater Goblins, Dreg, Mudcrabs, and Durzog. There's some mini bosses in there. You're going to run into Tazcad the Packmaster. We're not going to go over mechanics. Um, that's not our our aim here. If, I, we think if we start getting into mechanics, it gets a little bit too specific, and then everybody's going to be like, uh, fast forward, fast forward." So, uh, the mini bosses, Tazcad the Packmaster. He's a Goblin Hunter broodburther, a large drag and clatter clatter claw, a giant crab. Mm-hmm. And then um we're going to talk about some gear sets.
0: Yeah, we are uh, Do you want the main bosses too? Warchief Ozazay?
1: Oh yeah, I almost forgot. Yeah, go for it.
0: Yeah, uh, the the goblin leader and then Crag. I always say Crag cuz it reminds me of Guts from uh Nickelodeon in the 90s. The Crag, I think that's what it was what? called. What? Remember? Oh, you wouldn't no. you wouldn't have been there. No, I was
1: an adult in the 90s.
0: Well, for those of us who enjoyed those things, like Rocco's Modern Life.
1: I mute you. That's what I'm doing.
0: Guts and all the other good stuff. Well, Crag, the Dro King. Uh, Drew. Dro. Cash is muted. You can't correct me. Leader of the Drew. Dro. All right. So, gear <laughs> sets. We've got uh, first up and cue correction.
1: Dreg. Thank you.
0: Uh Spider Cultist. Noob. You know, <laughs> spider Cultist Cowl. Alright, this set, two pieces, you get spell crit, three pieces, ten ninety six max magica. More spell damage at four pieces and five pieces adds four hundred and fifty spell damage to your destruction staff abilities. Not a bad set to get started, you know? It's
1: really yeah, not. I was gonna say it's these are starter sets. These are
0: very sure. these are very much starter sets, and really it's... I'm of the opinion that there is not a bad set in Elder Scrolls Online. There's just sets nah. that are better than other better than yeah. other sets, but and, these um,
1: ones we're gonna go over them. But don't gold out these sets. Do me a favor, don't gold out these sets. There you go. So, may I mean, besides the monster helm, if you're into the monster helm, we'll get to it. But right,
0: next is Viper Sting. This is for the medium armor. You're gonna get to 833 weapon crit, uh, 1096 max stamina, and 833 weapon crit, and then five pieces. When you deal damage with a melee attack. You deal an additional 6,400, up to 6,400 poison damage over four seconds. This effect can occur every four seconds. Again, good starter set. Nothing wrong with this set. If you're starting out, you want to get a set going for you, get some of those bonuses, this is a good thing to consider. Next, you've got uh, Dreg Kingslayer. This is the heavy armor piece. Uh, You're going to get 129 weapon damage, another 129 weapon damage, 833 weapon crit, And at five items, you gain major brutality at all times, increasing your weapon damage by 20%. When you kill an enemy, you gain major expedition for eight seconds, increasing your movement speed by 30%. Woo, PvP,
1: baby. That's a a pretty damn good set. That's a good set. That's a pretty good set. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) Major brutality at all times, weapon damage increased by 20%. Yeah. That's that's a pretty big
0: deal. Anytime I see major brutality in a five-piece... At the five-piece level on a set, I'm like, "All right, you have my attention. <laughs> like, this is right. this is good stuff." Uh, the monster helm we've got. Uh, this is Craig's, uh Adds up to 1,400 physical pen at <laughs> one item. At two <laughs> items, when you, when you have when you deal damage, you have a 10% chance to spawn drag limbs that create shockwaves in front of you, dealing up to 1,300 physical damage every 0.4, 0.4 seconds. For 1.2 seconds. That's 0.4 seconds for 1.2 seconds. In case you weren't confused. This effect can occur once every three seconds. I'm not a fan mm-hmm. of that monster set, but I like the heavy armor set.
1: Yeah, me too. I just, I, I literally have to laugh every time um, something says physical penetration.
0: Okay. Fun fact. So. Oh, I get to say fun fact. Fun fact. That's how he does it.
1: Uh, once you clear
0: the way for Vila Vila Theron, she's a dark elf, and good lord, she's beautiful. And her expedition, she reveals herself as a member of the Spider Cult and turns hostile towards you and your party, demanding you leave immediately. Uh, the Spider Cult are worshippers of Mephala, the Spider Queen, and the story continues in Fungal Grotto 2.
1: But Wait. not tonight. That's right. Not tonight.
0: And that's it. That's it. Hopefully, you know, uh, first off, Cash was the brains behind uh, most of this on this new segment. And uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Really, what I want to hear is feedback from you all um, as far as what you'd like to see in it. If you like it, if you don't like it, we're always going to be trying new things here on the show. But ultimately, we want to know what you think. I hope they liked it. I hope they liked it, too. Are you ready? This This is the part where I get to... Enjoy this! I'm excited. I
1: I'm, I'm ready. I and I know that like, see, now we're doing uh, for the live broadcast. We're actually doing like pictures along with the lore lesson a little bit. So now I know that Jibs can't just take off and go use the restroom or you know whatever the heck he likes to do when I'm doing my Lord lesson. He's actually going to be in his seat.
0: So you make ploy. it sound like I'm never here. I'm always here. I may get up and refill my drink, but I'm here.
1: Bring your bottle with you. Look, bro. I BYO bead. You know what? I not brought all, my
0: own. Not all of us have our own drink fridge in our office.
1: <laughs> I don't have one in my office. Oh. I literally carried it in here. Oh, well. All right, you ready? I'm going to send your nuts. Be careful. All right, here we Step go. Step back. All right, here we go. Here we go. Okay. So I was I went a little bit out on a limb this week um, in finding some content for a lore lesson. And I really have to give some credit to some of the content creators on YouTube, because there are some great ones for lore. If you got, and I know I've shouted out ShoddyCast before, um, much to my heart's chagrin, ShoddyCast is no longer making content for, for Elder Scrolls. At least I haven't seen one of their videos in a long time. But Fudge Muppet, yes, Fudge Muppet is his name. <laughs> He still is, and he's really, really good. I love watching the guy's videos. So, he brought up, um, he actually did a video on Topal the pilot, um, or Topal the pilot. Topal the pilot is the literally like one of the first explorers to discover Tamriel and, uh, you know, from the outside in. And I'm going to talk about him today. And and the more I got into it, it's a long lore lesson, but the more I got into it, the more stoked I got because this was an amazing journey that this gentleman went on. So let's get started. Throughout the history of Tamriel, many notable explorers and heroes have made their mark. Many of them have made such an impact, they've been recorded into the lore books that you find scattered across the land. But one in particular, one explorer in particular, made it possible. Back in the Marathic era, Topal the Pilot, the first explorer, set out on an adventure that would pave the way for millions to follow. Topal the Pilot was also known as Torval the Pilot. He was the earliest known Aldmer explorer of Tamrail. Notice that, that I said Aldmer, not Altmer. Mm-hmm. Aldmer. Were, the, were some of the very, very first inhabitants, especially in the Somerset regions, uh, coming, traveling from the, um, the land of Old Marys. Top, uh, Topal's ship, the Nibbin, was among three other exploration ships that set sail from the Somerset I- Islands, or Somerset Isles, in search of new lands, including Old Elnafay. Old Elnafay they were supposed to find. And you'll remember that Old Elnafay is another name for Aldmeri's, which is the original homeland of the Aldmer. So their assignment was to find a passage back to old Elnafay so that Aldmer that were living in Somerset at that time could discover what had happened to their homeland. So needing a source of guidance for the seaward expeditions, very strange crystalline balls unearthed at ancient Aldmer shipwrecks and docks were utilized by each of the three ships. The mysterious artifacts puzzled archaeologists for years until they discovered the crystalline balls had a tendency to rotate on their own axis in a specific direction. So the relics seemed to be attuned to a particular line of power and the pilots of each ship, and call them captains, they called them pilots, mm-hmm. used one of the relics to point their ship in the direction it indicated. So of the three ships, the first ship, that name of the ship is unknown. It was never recorded, or at least to where it was discovered. But that ship sailed northwest toward Thras and Yakuda. Now, we've already talked about Thras, it's the home of the Sloat, and Yakuda is the ancient homeland of the, the um, Yakudan people, which then became the Red Guard. The second ship was manned by pilot Ilio, and it was called the Pasquianel. That sailed south from Somerset toward Piandania, which you know is the home of the Sea Elves. Topel the pilot, aboard the Nibbon, and his northeastern-pointing waystone set sail on the Abatian Sea and landed on the mainland of Tamriel. So a little fun fact here. We're going to talk about the, um, the second ship in the exploration feat, the Pasquianel. They left Somerset Isles and they were never heard from again many scholars assume that the ship was either lost at sea or destroyed at the hands of the Sea Elves, the Um There's no proof of the ship or the crew's fate. The third ship, which, the, which was the one with the unknown name, is largely unknown in the lore of Elder Scrolls. The three ships were ordered by the, by the leadership at the Crystal Tower at the time, To sail forth for 80 moons, 80 days, and then return home with their findings, and only one ship made it home. Wow. And you can guess that the ship that made it home was Topol the pilot on the Neven. So, you can kind of see, there's a lot of hooks that kind of get you with this lore lesson. It is incredible. So just buckle up. got the right term this time. Buckle up. Because this is a good one. So following his orders, Topol the pilot sailed into the bay region now known as Iliak Bay, and he made first landfall after two months of sailing somewhere close to Anticleer, which is in the region of High Rock. Um, Another fun fact. If you look, this is very interesting. If you look, and if you're you're, uh, in our live lore lesson right now on Twitch, then you can see the map. If you look at a modern map of Tamriel, it would seem that Topol the pilot, first sailing northeast from Firsthold, which is in Oridon, it's one of the two, or one of the islands of the Somerset Isles, he's sailing northeast from Firsthold. So at a modern map of Tamriel, it would look like he would have had to travel more north or northwesterly in order to reach High Rock. But... If you look at an older map of Tamriel, specifically maps from Elder Scroll's arena, it shows the land masses in different locations with high rock and where he landed being directly to the northeast the direct the direction he was said to have traveled in so I don't really know what happened here between the two maps, but a modern map shows that he would have been way off like right. he would have he would have ran into like. Rahad or Stress Makai traveling northeast from Firsthold. But the older maps show a little bit more uh, intricately the correct direction that he actually landed. And it shows him landing right in the bay in between Hammerfell and High Rock. So it's a little bit more lore friendly. Um, and like I said, I have no idea on the discrepancy between those maps. Huh. But we do know that Topol the pilot reached High Rock. That's where he first landed. When he landed there, he encountered many native Orsimer. Yes, Orcs in the region. It was at this point that his journals started to become fragmented and the information on his travels was mostly lost. Additional portions of his recorded travels describe him reaching the lands of Morrowind, the Isle of Gorn, and the fetid swamps of Black Marsh. And we're going to cover those. after i take a sip of whiskey whiskey.
0: yeah i'm gonna drink some water you carry on
1: right so okay next image so the nibbin and Topol, the pilot's crew was the only ship to return to the port at first hold in the ship when they returned was laden with gold spices fur strange creatures both dead and alive Now, Topol never did find old El and I'm sure we would have heard about it if he had. Although his stories of his travels and discoveries enchanted everybody he talked to. Another fun fact. Several of Topol the pilot's original maps are still housed to this day at the Crystal Tower in Somerset Isles. I don't think you can visit them like you can the Constitution of the United States of America. but (laughs) (laughs) Supposedly, they're there. Okay. As described in a translation of his fragmented journals, they were fragmented and only four of these fragments were recovered. There is a book that's out there called The Father of the Nibbon. And the scholar, Florin Jalil, Jalil, Florin Jalil, interpreted everything that he had to say and was able to pick out bits and pieces of the things that Topol put in his journal and detail his travels. Okay. So fragment one reads as such for 60 days and nights, he sailed over crashing waves of dire intent, past whirlpools, through mists that burn like fire until he reached the mouth of a great bay and he landed on a sun-kissed meadow of gentle dells that totally describes High Rock and, and the Bay. As he and his men rested, there came a fearsome howl and hideous orcs streamed forth from the murky glen, cannibal teeth clotted with gore. That was the first one, first fragment. Now, another fun fact. There is a lot of speculation and questions as to how Topol the pilot ran into orcs in High Rock. What were they doing there? The orcs were not said to have even been born onto Tamriel until after the Aldmer had settled on the mainland. They were said to have been born as a result of a famous battle in between Trinimac and Boethia, which we've covered in a previous lore lesson. But that was at the time of Residen, which is now known as Morrowind. So there is a lot of speculation out there as well that perhaps the orcs were present and they were actually... An Aboriginal tribe that existed in the region long before the Ald Mary colonized Tamriel.
0: Oh, man, I love this lore.
1: Yeah, it's good. Very, very good. Okay, so the second fragment of information from Topol the Pilot's journal depicts the events of nearly 80 months later. 80 months. Where the Niben has sailed completely around the top portion of Tamriel, continues to the east and then drops back down south where the Nibbins trying to make its way home back to Somerset Isles. So imagine that trek. 80 weeks. <laughs> all the way up and around all the things I saw. So, here is the next passage. No passage westward could be found in the steely cliffs that jutted up like giant jaws. So the nibbon sailed south. As it passed a sandy, forested island that promised sanctuary and peace, the crew cheered in joy. Then the exultation turned to terror as a great shadow rose from the trees on leathered wings like an unfurling cape. The great bat lizard was large as the ship, but good pilot Topal merely raised his bow and struck it in the head. Guy's a badass. As it fell, he and his bosun or as it fell, his bosun asked, do you think it's dead? And before it struck the white bearded waves, he shot it once more in its heart to be certain. And so for another 40 days and six, the Nibbon sailed south. Ooh. What the that yeah. on my team. Yeah, for sure. So the way that was described is, um, in this particular, um, uh, part of his journal, they were passing parts of Morrowind. Right. Um, and many consider that great bat lizard to be a dragon. There's a lot of speculation. Oh, it was a dragon. But by most scholars' estimations in the region where it took place, it is most likely the large creature uh, that was as large as a ship was an early ancestor of the Cliff Racer. Ooh. Which makes sense because it was near Morrowind. Right. Continuing his journey south and back home to First Hold... Topal ran into an unexpected landmass that seemed impassable. Now, if you look at a map, the map would show that on their trek south, on the eastern edge of Tamriel, they found this impassable piece of land. Well, that impassable piece of land just happened to be a large peninsula, but it freaked him out, and it freaked out the crew. They're like... What the hell do we do? Where the hell do we go? We must have made a wrong turn somewhere. So studies of modern maps of the region show that the impassable landmass to, Topol the pilot ran into was actually the bottom part of the eastern coast of Morrowind and into Black Marsh. It was merely the peninsula that we talked about. So they continued south, but would they have con- if they would have continued south, they would have shot straight back to Somerset. <laughs> So this was a major mistake, but it's an amazing journey that they had because of this mistake. Right. So Fragment 3 describes what they ran into as they were coming down south and realized that they weren't going to be able to pass this huge peninsula. Mm -hmm. Fragment 3. The fetid evil swamplands and their human lizards retreated to the east and Topol and his men's hearts were greatly gladdened by the sight of diamond blue, pure sweet ocean. For three days they sailed in great cheer northwest, where Firsthold beckoned them. But the hope died, in horror, as land like a blocking shield rose before them. Topol the pilot was sore wroth, and consulted the three maps he had faithfully drawn to see whether best to go south, where the continent must end, or take the river that snaked through the passage north? North, he cried to his sad men. North we go. North we go now. Fear not the north. So, up the north they went. In between Elsewhere and Merkmire, towards Cyrodiil, they took the trek north. And the, the passage they took is what's now known as the Nibben River. So it's clear now that his explanation of Black Marsh, and if you look at the map that we have, you can see what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. They made it all the way up and across the top of Tamriel, all the way south, and at the southern edge of Black Marsh, they freaked out and made a right turn. And went right back north, <laughs> straight up and through Nibbin Bay, but this is where his journey gets amazing. It's clear that in his explanation of Black Marsh that it scared the crap out of Topol the pilot and his crew. (laughs) Literally, like it scared the crap out of him. So in this major mistake that ended up being a giant blessing for his journey, Topol the pilot makes a decision to travel north, looking for passage back to Firsthold. The path he chose for the Nibbin took him up a river between the landmasses of Elsewhere, Black Marsh, and ending in the province of Cyrodiil. The river would later be named the Nibbin River after Topol the pilot's ship. And then, here's fragment four. The cat demons of four legs and two. That was interesting. The cat demons of four legs and two. Talking about quadrupeds and bipeds, which indicate that Sench, senchrot, Rot, and all of the other two-legged species mm-hmm. of Khajiit were present at the time. Wow. Sorry, I totally just nerded out. Oh, that's awesome. Anyway. The cat demons of four legs and two ran the river's length, always keeping the boat in their green-eyed sight, hissing, spitting, and roaring with rage. But the sailors never had to brave the shores, for fruit trees welcomed them, dropping their arms down to the river's edge as if to embrace the myrrh. And the men took the fruit quickly before the cats could pounce. I thought that was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Like They're traveling up the Nibbin, and they're... The boat is going along the side so that they can pick the fruit and the cats can't get to them. <laughs> I thought that was freaking <laughs> hilarious. Okay, I continue. For 11 days, they traveled north until they came to a crystalline lake and eight islands surpassing beauty and peace. That's Cyrodiil. Brilliant, flightful creatures of glorious colors greeted them in Aldmeri language, making the myrrh wonder until they understood they were only calling back. The word they were speaking without understanding it, and then the sailors laughed. Topal the pilot was enchanted with the islands and the feathered men who lived there. More on that in a minute. Don't worry, don't freak out. There the Nibbins stayed for a moon, and the bird men learned how to speak their own words, and with taloned feet, to write. In joy for their new knowledge, they made Topal their lord, giving him their islands for the gift. Topol said he would return someday, but first he must find passage east to Firsthold, so far away. That's the end. Topol the pilot continued north up the Nibbon River, named after his ship, and deep into the lush lands of Cyrodiil. Topol the pilot's travel and cartography of Tamriel eventually placed him at Lake Rumar. Now, if you look at where... The, island, or the, the big giant island of Cyrodiil, is the area that surrounds it, the body of water that surrounds it, is Lake Ramar. And that's located in the center of Cyrodiil and clotated, uh, uh, connected to the mainland by a long bridge at its western edge. So, it can only be surmised by his passage that the cat demons were ancient Kajit, and that Niben and its crew encountered along their journey uh, in search of home when they went north and made their mistake. There are many theories as to why the kajit would even be found here during Topal the Pilot's time period, but we're not going to delve into those theories tonight. There's a lot of different uh, little theories on why they'd be there. Hmm. Perhaps the feline beast encountered by Topal the Pilot were cat creatures indigenous to the area of Nern who migrated into elsewhere, which is another thing. That's another theory. We'll just talk about that one super quick. The Khajiit were said to be native of all of Tamriel until all these other races started showing up. And that's when they went to elsewhere.
0: Interesting.
1: Very interesting and also very highly controversial, Jibs. Hmm. So, as my friend Jibs puts up an image of what a Birdman looks like, Topol the pilot eventually befriended the native beast folk, including the now extinct and quite mysterious birdman in the region learning from them as well as teaching he taught them to read and write and was subsequently gifted the eight islands where the imperial city and the white gold tower exist today Topol the pilot would then travel south toward home realizing the mistake that he made in traveling north into the bay in the first place so very very interesting To to, uh, close up this lore lesson, in the words of the father of the Nibban, uh, written by Florin Jalil, besides the extraordinary bird creatures of present-day Cyrodiil, we have caught glimpses of ancient orcs, ancient cliff racers, ancient Argonians, and in this fragment, ancient Khajiit. Quite a history in a few lines of simple verse, all because a man failed to find his home and took all the wrong turns to retrace his steps back.
0: Wow, yeah. that's one of those lore lessons. Um, first off, hats off. That wow. Um, so, for those of you who don't know, if you want to ever, after listening to this audibly, and you want to go read these, cash post these at loreseekerspodcast com. And they're awesome. It's exact verbatim what we talk about here. Every word is there that he says. This is one of those. I'm going to go back and read. There's yeah. so much to this.
1: And if I can, I want to maybe give credit to somebody else before I before I go. There's there's a certain amount of lore I covered. Every ounce of lore that I could find on top of the pilot, and I'm I'm pretty darn sure that Fudge Muppet did as well. Go watch his video. It's incredible. It's amazing that I mean I'm, I'm giving I don't even know the guy I'm giving him a giant shout because his stuff is great. It's like what I would aspire to do is at that level. Um, I mean I just think his understanding of it is awesome. Right. So go watch Fudge Muppet if you're really interested in this particular topic. I was pressed for time when I was doing this, so I was like, okay, what you know what, maybe I could shorten this or shorten that. And then I went back and went, no, I'm not shortening any of this This is way too good. And I went to watch, um, I watched his video and it brought everything back. I was like, I was like okay, I was right there. I was right there. I was right here. And it made me happy to do that. But I was enthralled for 25 minutes watching this video that he made. So if, if this topic, you know, piqued your interest and definitely go watch it, it's the same stuff. It's all the same stuff, Right. but you'll enjoy his, uh, his take on it as well.
0: Man, that was awesome! Good job, good Thanks, good job. That was awesome. Well, everybody, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Lore Secrets Podcast. And if you did, you know I know a lot of people listen to the show through various outlets. But if you're using iTunes, what we want to do is we want uh, we want to hear from you. We want to get a review. We want to see what you think. For every five star review, we give you all a shout out on the show and uh, give you a little love. The first one here is from Gigi or Gigi superior from the usa says i thought i was too late to get in on eso and all its lore but this podcast made it easy and fun to start at the beginning and learn my way through i feel like i'm just chatting with friends who also have difficulties with pronunciation <laughs> and maybe even learn something new right there with me we'll give it 10 stars if i could that's awesome thank you so much
1: thank you Gigi. much appreciate it really, sorry really you ruined kind.
0: your name well you know in true jibs fashion um thank you so much that was very kind uh not you as well from the uk says this is my favorite eso podcast love the co-stars the different sections uh the lore and the sound quality i look forward to it every week thank you very much
1: thank you sir much
0: appreciate it that's awesome thank you all so much you can always leave your reviews anytime all the time we'll get them we'll review them uh you can call us seven six five three eight two Sixty nine, sixty one. try to keep your your uh, voicemails around a minute or less if you want them used on the mail courier segment or chance to be used excuse me uh you, then you can always email us loreseekerspodcast at gmail.com you'll all continue you love the email you love that inbox we love it too so keep sending them uh you can join our official guild we've officially hit one thousand users on our discord server on the lore seekers discord server You can join by visiting loreseekerspodcast.com forward slash guild. After reading all the details about who we are and what we're about at the very bottom, you download Discord, join the Discord server, and apply to the guild by typing slash apply in the Apply to Guild channel. You can find the show wherever podcasts are free. And don't forget to subscribe. Get your episodes automatically downloaded to your device for you be there and waiting as soon as they drop. Typically, they always release somewhere around 9 a.m. on Friday mornings. If it's not 9 a.m., uh, you can get it by probably 10, 30, the very latest.
1: So, there you go. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter. You can follow Jibs at Jibs IRL. You can follow Cash at Cash, and the cash is with a K. And most importantly, don't forget to follow the show. We are on Twitter at LoreSeekersCash. LoreSeekersCash. Cast. there you go <laughs> we're at instagram at lore seekers and of course on twitch at twitch.tv slash lore seekers podcast
0: we hope you have a great weekend a great week in gaming and uh we'll see you next week on the show take care stay safe dilly
1: dilly dilly freaking dilly Trouble in Elsewhere Episode 1 The air was frosty and damp in the cavern's mouth. Even though it was the middle of the warm season on the surface, the biting chill in the air penetrated his bones. Bones. An ironic explanation given what was taking place just below his hidden vantage point. He had sneaked up to a rock formation on a solid stone pathway just above the cavern's floor, and he was quite concealed. Drips from the moist, weeping cavern ceiling could be heard striking the boulder not far from where he was crouched. His paws, coming into contact with the surface of the rock, slid across the slick, mossy growth as he stopped all movement. There he knelt like a predator hunting prey, motionless and observant. Though he wasn't planning on attacking, he would just watch. From here, he'd be able to stay hidden and gather all of the information he'd need for his report. A small feline fearlessly pranced behind him in the cavern. Dark fur, small in stature, the out of place house cat was never far behind. It stuck to the shadows mostly. A most peculiar sight, actually, to see a seemingly docile pet following his master into the depths of a dank, dark tunnel, wrought with danger. But the small cat just lingered about silently, working its way toward his much larger, furry companion. When he reached him, he sat on his hind legs, locked his damp paws quietly, and observed the scene from above with his master. The purple and blue wisps of energy emanating from the black-robed, undead conjurer's hands began to increase in size as he chanted. His head bowed and glowing azure eyes were fixed ahead. It didn't take long for the colorful, smoky tendrils to envelop his whole body and spread to the soil before him. The dirt at his feet stirred, as if a thousand earthbound critters suddenly breached the surface in the same place. With a final upward motion of both his outstretched hands, skinless and decaying fingers breached the surface of the soil, followed by an arm, bracing itself on the soil and pulling the rest of its dead flesh out of the ground. Before the conjurer's feet stood a fresh, reanimated corpse, swaying slowly to and fro, head hung low as if it were bowing to its new master. Reanimation of the dead. practice long despised in most places on Nern, necromancy certainly wasn't forgotten. Utilized by magic users for thousands of years, the vile practice did have its benefits. Many times when armies fell at odds on the battlefield, a necromancer could turn the tables by channeling a spell and breathing life, or some form of it, into fallen comrades. Often enough, The mere sight of slain soldiers returning to action was enough to make an opposing force turn tail and run. Others who decided to brave the terrifying event to stay and fight would be met by corpses of the undead, unfeeling fighters battling their way through the lines, undaunted by the sting of a gaping wound or piercing arrows in their dead, rotting flesh. Necromancy was a vile practice indeed. As an adept of magic himself, Singe was absolutely fascinated by it. Understanding the pros and cons of the ancient rituals toured his morals, but he had a job to complete. Singe was used to this scenario, though. He was an expert at necromancy. How to recognize it, where to find it, how to combat it. His research had brought him to some of the creepiest, darkest corners of Tamriel. At the behest of the Mages Guild, Singe was dispatched into the wilds of Glenumbra to investigate reports of necromancy in the region. His paws feverishly took notes on a rough parchment that he would present to the guild in his final report. He'd wait until the necromancer was fast asleep, then he'd sneak down to the cavern's floor and retrieve any possible evidence he could find. He wouldn't need much more, however. He'd confirmed what he came to find. Necromancy had definitely returned to Glenumbra. Dark-furred, tall and lean, Singe was quite the adventurous Khajiit. Risky, yet resolute in his actions, Singe was never one to shy away from a challenging expedition. As a matter of fact, he lived for them. Never truly wanting to travel with anyone else but his tiny, brash house-cat companion, Krindar singe preferred to pack light and travel fast the quicker the business at hand was completed the quicker he could tend to his true love discovering and deciphering ancient writings he was always on the prowl for a dusty tome to peruse and study first trained as an adept in magicka singe struggled to fit in as a mage it really wasn't until Molag Ball's invasion and the subsequent incursion of Lesser Daedra in the wilds of High Rock that the guild would take notice of the innate skills of the Khajiti spell adept. It seemed with the influx of Daedra in the many cave systems in the region, not very many mages fancied hunting for ancient texts in these evil-infested and dangerous delves. Singe, on the other hand, pounced at the opportunity. He would sneak in gather the books, and make a shadowy escape without being detected. To him, it was like taking skooma from an addict. The Daggerfall Mages Guild, recognizing his potential, had quickly promoted him to investigator for his knowledge of ancient lore and his unmatched skill in infiltration. Singe was quite effective at getting in and out of a location undetected and returning with whatever item or information he was tasked with retrieving. This made him a very valuable asset to the Mage's Guild. He was intelligent, skilled in magic, and a talented infiltrator. He was outfitted with the best equipment, given unlimited access to the guild's massive lore library, and he was allowed to come and go as he pleased. Singe had an on-call agreement with the Mage's Guild, and he was called upon for the most challenging, yet critical, assignments. A parchment would arrive via a guild courier in his quaint little hideaway at the Rosy Lion Inn, and off he would go to his next quest. The location of the assignment was never an issue. Rather, it was the ancient history of the location itself that truly mattered to Singe. The more untouched, undiscovered, or exotic the locale, the better. The night sky was abnormally sprinkled with stars this night. The air was warm and sticky as Singe and his feline companion emerged from the dank cavern. It was mid-spring in the region of Glenumbra, and the unseasonably warm weather had spawned every flying, ear-buzzing, blood-sucking critter found in the Tamrielic atlas of entomology. Despite the buzzing and biting that would plague their route home, all had gone as planned. Singe had waited for the necromancer to nod off, Then he slithered down to his hastily built encampment to retrieve any evidence he could find. He quickly slipped the necromancer's journal, a few parchments adorned with Daedric's script, and two unmarked potion bottles into his satchel, then ascended the long, narrow walkway to the surface and to the night sky. Mission complete.